Hallelujah. God's promises never fail. <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Good to see everybody this morning. <laughs> just want to um, bring an encouragement around our offering this morning. And... Uh, I'm going to be reading out of uh, Matthew chapter 7. Now, I've been coming back to um, what is called the Sermon on the Mount quite often of late, and not, not by purpose, I just seem to land there. And uh, really encourage you to just read Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7. You know, if we get those... that. We get those words, we get those things in our heart and they operate, start to operate in our heart. My goodness. <laughs> it is all so, so good. So I'm going to read from Matthew um, chapter 7. I'm going to start in verse 28 and 29 and we're going to work backwards. Have you ever, um, yeah, there's a, there's a bit of a thing now that you... you when I was a kid, you had an apple pie, and and now they they have deconstructed apple pies, and, and or you know, I used to like a pav, but now they have deconstructed pavs, and you know it's just I don't I don't know where they came from, but I'm I'm going to work backwards um, through some scriptures here though. So Matthew chapter seven verse twenty eight and twenty nine. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings, that's chapter 5, 6, 7, that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So Jesus actually, when you read it, Jesus actually taught obedience from the heart. Whereas the scribes, they had the, the, the laws and, and the dictates and, and all the rest of it. And they taught them as, as that. It was an a, a observation. It was an outward, outwardly um, keeping the laws. But that's not what Jesus did. He taught obedience to God from the heart. So Jesus also taught, stressed, that what he taught was to be applied. So in verse 24, if we go back to verse 24... After all this teaching, Jesus says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. And we know that that's the establishing word that God puts as a foundation in our life that we can build everything else on and the things that he's talking about the rains the floods the waves whatever that's that's life because there's stuff that comes against us we do have an enemy and there's stuff that comes against us if we're established on his word then 
that's we will stand. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And we know the result of that house. In James chapter 1 verse 22, uh, James picks up the same thought because he says, Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. So we can hear a word and we can think, yeah, that's good. Yeah, I agree with that. And then not actually apply that, not actually do anything with that in our life. And what's the result of that? We, we, might, we might have a, a, a mental assent to what God says, but without application there is no fruit because there's actually nothing that we've done, um, as, as in um, seed if you like, to produce any fruit in our life. And that, that, that's across the board in, in all areas. Now the therefore in verse 24, that means there's, there's something associated that came before. Okay, so let's go back a little bit. Uh, verse 21, Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That is such a powerful verse. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So that sort of begs the question, well, well so what's the, what's, what is God's will? What is God's will? And, you know, you could say, oh, well, God's will is, is so many things. You know, there, there are so many things that are the will of God. And I would say, yes, there are so many things that are the will of God. But, you know, if we can come down to the, to the, the, the basic premise of, of, of what God says or the, 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 the real heart of what, what God is trying to um, get across to us, then all those things that are his will will be something that, that grows in our life. So I want to take you back to um, chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, and verse 33. And Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now we could take that standalone. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, if we would do that, there are so many of the other things that are God's will that would take place in our life. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Now, you know that I'm, I like words and seeing the, what, what words mean in the, in the original. Now, that word righteousness, now we often say righteousness, well, the righteousness of God is the right ways of God, and you, and you, and you would be right, yeah, that, that's fine. But this word actually means equity of character or act. And I've dealt with this word a little while ago. That word righteousness, right there in that verse from the Greek, means equity of character or act. 
So seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does it mean? Seek to be what God has called you to be. Seek his character. Seek his character in your life. Seek to do what he would have you to do. Equity of character or act. Now that verse, <clears throat> it has a, a but at the start of it. But seek first. So we, we've got to go back because that but means there's something that he's mentioned before. So verse 31, he says, Therefore do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, what shall we drink, and what shall we wear? The worry with these things is how we're going to pay for them. What you eat, what you drink, what you wear. Guess what you need for that? You've got to either trade or there is money involved. He's saying don't worry about these things because your father knows that you need them. So let's go back a little bit further. Verse 25. He starts that passage where he finishes there in verse 33. He says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, about your body, what you will put on. Is life is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And you're going you're gonna to do your homework. You're going to go back and read all the verses in between. They're all very important. Um, but that uh, verse 25 starts with a therefore. So there's something prior to that that he's talking about. And let's read this passage in verse from 19. Chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, the King, New King James Bible was the Bible that I, had, I have. And year, for years and years, I, I, I read this passage and I read verse 19, 20, 21. And then I read this 2022 20, about the lamp, the eye of the body. And then you read 24 and it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I sort of couldn't put it together because it seemed like verse 19, 20, 21 and 24 were talking about the same thing and then there's 22 and 23. I couldn't quite um, put them where they should have been. But I'm going to read it out of the uh, verse 22 and 23 out of the Passion Translation. For the eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter into your being. If your heart is unclouded, the light floods in. 
But if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will the darkness within you, how profound will be the darkness within you if the light of truth cannot enter? This is, this is so important because each and every one of us in our lives, we have to deal with money in some way, shape or form. It's, you know, you, you, you take away money out of our lives, there is a problem. There is a real problem. And God is saying, put money in its proper place. Money is a wonderful servant. It is a horrible master. It is a horrible master. So what we give... And whether that be tithes, offerings, help to others, donations into, into, into you know, good ground. Sometimes you get a thought and you think, well, should I say that? Um, when I say good ground, there are things that we can give into that have an eternal result. And there are things that do not okay i i love whales just you know they're magnificent creatures um and i know people that their whole focus is save the whales that's what they so into can i just say i do love whales that has no eternal purpose just sorry, yeah. <laughs> so what we give, whatever that be, it is, if it comes from our heart, because that's what God, that's what that's what Jesus, that's what the people recognised, that Jesus was speaking about the heart. If it comes from the heart of love towards God, God. <clears throat> If it comes from the, from the heart, builds God's kingdom inwardly and outwardly. Our heart is changed and our circumstances will be changed. Hallelujah. So God's got an economy. It's his way of doing things. And we know that that is around sowing and reaping. It's all through scripture. We've heard it this morning. And uh, I just encourage you in your giving. I encourage you in your heart towards God in that area. Because if it's just an external thing, it's of little value. It's got to come from the heart. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you that you have a way of doing things. And Lord, as we recognise and then we apply your words, Lord. We get the results that you say in your scripture that can come. And Lord, uh, as we heard in the songs this morning, all your promises are for us. We can ha hang on to every one of them because you only tell the truth. So Lord, the truth of, of, uh, of this area, which is so important in our everyday lives, Lord, I just ask that, uh, Lord, that there would be a revelation in our hearts 
of what you're saying in this. Uh, so, Father, Lord, bless, um, bless any offering, Lord, this morning, and uh, bless those that, uh, that, that give it from their heart. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, now, we have uh, a lot of people give electronically these days. That's a, that's a thing. Um, but um, we do have our post box up the back next to the, um, on the table there for hard currency. <laughs> <coughs> and that's about the end of my voice. Um, umpired a game of footy yesterday and, and uh, I had a cold during the week and, and I thought, oh, this is going to be interesting, but um, got there, but that's about the extent of it. So um, I'd uh, like to hand over to, to Marion this morning. Marion's going to bring a, a word and give her, a, give her a, a welcome, if you would, please. Good to be in God's house, isn't it? A lot of people anywhere but God's house. But it's great to be in God's house. And um, I'm just going to read from Matthew chapter 28. And if someone's up there doing the magic stuff up the back, I'd just like to um, read this portion of scripture. It's a great commission. And this is what Jesus left. As he left us, he began to say what he was requiring of us. And it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority, and I love that word all. I looked it up in the Greek once, it means all. <laughs> and I thought, well, that's pretty cool. All is all. There ain't nothing else after you take all out of the equation. It's everything. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And because all authority has been given by the Father to the Son, the Son has now given it to the church to get the job done. And it says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And I love this, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. Not just make converts. Making converts isn't so hard, but making disciples, true followers of the Lord Jesus Christ is a different matter. Not just signing up, you know, on a roll somewhere, but actually following the commands of Jesus. So we are commanded to make disciples, true followers of Jesus Christ, teaching them to observe all things I've commanded you. For lo, I am with you. If Lois was here, we could say, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. So God's promised us something. He's going to be with us and I often think not only is he with us, he's moving through us with his power, with his authority to get the job done. We're coming from the basis of victory, not defeat. And that's what the church needs to realise. 
I have to encourage myself too. You have to encourage yourself. We are coming from the, the perspectives of victory, not defeat. Then it says, and this scripture I just put in here, it says in Ephesians 6, 12. Now this is where the warfare is. Now we might think, this person is coming against the church or this corrupt politician or whatever else is coming. But this scripture says we're not wrestling against flesh and blood. It says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. You know, the warfare is in the realm of heavenly places. And I believe the realms of the supernatural and the spirit realm is far more real than the realms of the natural. You know, there are demonic forces fighting against the works of God. There's good and evil. You're either on one team or the other. <laughs> and there is a warfare going on. How are we going to see revival? I believe it's coming up against the forces of evil with the weapons God's already given, the power and the authority is already given, and it will defeat the enemy. We're all, he's already defeated. That's why he's running around like a crazy man doing all sorts of things because he knows his time and his, and his influence is getting very short. The Bible says he goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And if you begin to look at the scriptures, it's like God's got a big chain on him. can only go as far as God allows. And I believe we've got the power to not only... <laughs> Not only penetrate the heavens, but defeat the enemy. And uh, where I live in Fiji is the most demonic part of Fiji. There will be other places as demonic, but it's one of the most demonic parts. And I had no idea when I went. Thank God I had no idea. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have said, Lord, find another bunny to go there. I mean, I can tell you about fighting against principalities and powers. A few of them have wrestled me in the middle of the night. I've had all sorts of things, manifestation of guys with big clubs coming after me. I've had all sorts of things. Come on, make my day. You know, we can defeat the enemy no matter what the enemy throws against us. I... I just love when I pray for a demonic person in Fiji. I just feel sometimes you put your hand on them and you feel it going like this. Sometimes they cringe under you. We have the power, guys. We've got it. <laughs> and they know it. Only problem is sometimes we don't know it. That's the only problem. We have power. And it says... All power, all authority. Now, when Jesus went, he gave them this in Luke chapter 9, verse 1. It says he called the 12 disciples together and gave. 
We don't have to ask for it. It's ours. We've got it. We just have to move in it. Gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. Power and authority. It's ours. That's our inheritance. And, you know, there's an illustration that's often been used about a policeman. Policeman has the authority to administer law. And they have the uniform, the badge. And up where I live in Fiji, halfway, I live on a hill. Halfway down the hill is a police barracks. And one day a lady came home, true story, and brought her boyfriend home. At lunchtime, her, her husband came home. He was a very angry man, big, huge Fijian man, I know him. So he came running down after a, a very frightened woman, his wife. She ran into the police barracks thinking, I'll be safe here. Inside the police barracks was a man with the authority, had the uniform, had the badge, a very skinny little Indian boy. As soon as he saw the big Fijian coming in the front door, he ran out the back door. <laughs> Something missing here. He had the authority, but he had no power. If he'd pulled out a gun and said, halt, I dare say that anger would have stopped that man in the tracks by the power that was administered. You know, we have the power. You know, power comes. We build up our power reserve. You know, as we pray in the Holy Ghost, it says we build ourselves up in our most holy faith. As we read the word, it generates the faith to come against anything. You think there's not demonic forces over this town? Ha <laughs> ha, huge. N nothing. They're not even equivalent to ants compared with the power and the authority that God's given the church. All power. You imagine all the demons in hell. Here's the Son of God about to rise up from the dead. Imagine all the rustling them up together to come against Jesus. No hope. Stone rolls away and he walks out. Can't penetrate the power and the authority that's given to the church. It's in us. <laughs> the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. From the least to the greatest. The weakest possible Christian on the planet is stronger than the strongest demon in hell. Because it's not their power. Now, God said, Jesus said, Acts 1, 8. But you shall receive power. Now, I love this. It comes from the word dudamos. On the day of Pentecost. Dunamis, it's where we get the word dynamite from. <laughs> and I tell you, we need some dynamite when we're fighting against these little spirits. 
but you shall receive dunamis, power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem. And that was the place where they lived, like their town. That's like Bendigo. And in all Judea, that's like Victoria. Samaria, that's like Australia. And to the ends of the earth. That tells me there's no place on this planet that we do not have power and authority over all sicknesses, all diseases, all demonic forces. Pretty cool. (laughs) Pretty cool. Why won't that move? Then it goes on. I just want to read Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. I hear so many times I've heard since I've been back in Australia, people say this saying, come Lord Jesus, as they see a few things happening around. Come Lord Jesus. Now I believe God's saying, church, be the church, then I'll come. God, you know, Jesus is waiting on us. The Father is waiting on the church to be the church in the earth, then he'll come. Over in Matthew 24, 14. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. So nothing's going to happen until it's preached in all the earth. Who's he going to use? We are the hands of Jesus. We are his feet. We are his mouth. I often think of us as like a drain pipe. It's not the drain pipe that's important, it's what's flowing through it. Because all power, all authority is ours. Just want to look over in Matthew 14. I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite. Verse 25. As the fourth watch, Jesus comes walking on the water. You know, even the, even the natural elements were under the authority of the sun. And when the disciples saw him in verse 26, walking on the sea, they were troubled and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately he spoke to them and said, be of good cheer. It is I, do not be afraid. It's good to know you don't have to be afraid, isn't it? That's one thing Satan would love to put on us. Fear robs us of faith. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he came and Peter came out of the boat and he walked on the water to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. Began doesn't say he sunk, says he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Now, I've heard so many preachers, and it annoys me when they preach like this, they criticize Peter. Now, the disciples are in the boat, in their comfort zone, having a good time. Jesus comes along, walking on the water. And Peter wants to be where the action is. You know where the action is? It's where Jesus is. Not in the boat. 
So he's out of the boat. Jesus is out of the boat and he says, Lord, if it's be you, command that I come. He said, come. So he gets out of the boat and he comes to Jesus. Sure, a, a splash comes, the wind comes, he takes his eye off for a minute. He starts to sink. He doesn't sink. He just goes down a bit. And he knows where to cry out. He cries out, Jesus. Jesus grabs him by the hand and lifts him up. How did they get back to the boat? I don't think so. They walked together back to the boat. You know, I believe God is raising up people today that will get out of the boat. Get out of the comfort zone. Be where the action is, where Jesus is. The power source, conquering all things, having power, having authority over every conceivable thing that, that will come against us. Because God's raising up an army. I feel like I'm a sergeant this morning. You know, where they try and do a recruitment drive. God is after people who will just give everything to him. Say, Lord, I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about anything. I just want to do the will of him who sent me. I want to be a person who moves in the same power, the same authority to prove how great my God is. So... God's looking for us to get out of the boat, to be people that prepared to, you know, it's comfortable in the boat, isn't it? <laughs> they probably even had their play lunch there as well, probably had their drink there as well. Everything's comfortable there, but you achieve nothing unless you get out of the boat. <laughs> he conquered Everything, even his fear, he conquered by getting out of the boat because he grabbed a hold of Jesus. And you know, I believe God's going to give supernatural opportunities for us to show the power and authority of God, to defeat the forces of evil, to defeat Satan. And you know, I just love it. When I see, you know, God almost insults Satan sometimes. You know, he could have called some of the most intellectual people on the planet when he walked this earth. Says he called the simple basings of the world to confound the wise. Just to make a fool of the enemy. When David was coming along and Goliath is up there. All the best soldiers of the land were there. And God used probably a 17, they reckon he was at that time, 17-year-old kid with five stones from a brook to defeat the enemy. See, God doesn't need much. <laughs> he just needs availability, not ability. He only needs us to say, I'm willing. You know, I can testify. Just for a joke, God decided to call Marion from Marabit over to Fiji and run a school. Couldn't even read and write when I left school. God does funny things to confound the wise. 
He only asks for us to say yes. And I believe there's, there's generals sitting in this place today. I believe there's, in the spirit realm, there's generals sitting here. I believe there's amazing, absolute, incredible, powerful people sitting in this room. You look in the mirror in the morning when you clean your teeth and you don't look like a powerful general. Neither did Gideon. Neither did many of the other people that God called to do great exploits for him. Because he doesn't look on the outward, he looks on the heart, the willingness, and he loves to show off with nothing. He usually waits for everything to be totally impossible. When they went through into the promised land, they said the, you know, the Jordan River, you know, it was two and a half times the size of any normal time. It was totally impossible and he went through. Abraham had a child when his body was as good as dead. God does things just to show off. That's why you're sitting here today. You're a vessel of great honour in his house. And God's going to show off through you if you just say yes. I love this. This is, <laughs> it's probably been my hallmark scripture when I was in Fiji. And I'm still there. Luke 10, 19. Behold. I love that when it says behold. I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions, and I often think of that, trampling and squish them up between your toes. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Whoa! Again, all authority is given, not just to kick them out of the way, but to trample them and have them squishing up between your toes. No power, no authority can stand against you. Whoa. Because it's God's power and God's authority. You know, we've got some powerful people in the planet today that think they're powerful. They're nothing. Nothing at all. Politicians that think they're God. Hello? Not against the God I know, power and authority. And I just want to testify, I know a handful of some of the poorest kids you could ever meet in Fiji, when they start to sing, and Wilmer and I'm sure Coral and Tim can testify, when they start to think, sing, I tell you what, every demonic spirit in the area packs their underwear, and I think it might be soiled, and gets out of town. Because there's a power and authority. And I believe God is going to use every single person that says yes to him. And I'm going to read this scripture because I've seen this happen. Once these kids started to sing in 2010, prior to that even the economy was smashed, everything was smashed. I remember reading a, a uh, report in Fiji Times Will Lombasa survive? Ghost town of Fiji. And I remember taking it to our church and, and Bible school and I said, read this. Will Lombasa survive? 
ghost town of Fiji. I said, one day they're going to drop that and say, holy ghost town. Because power and authority has been given. And so I'm just testifying this last Psalm 8 to. This is what our kids do in the midst of the most demonic part of Fiji. You have built a stronghold by the songs of children. What happens when the children here sing is the same. Strength rises up with the chorus of infants. The kind of praise that has power to shut Satan's mouth. Say it again. Shut Satan's mouth. Childlike worship will silence the madness of those who oppose you. Is there anything that Satan can do against the power and the authority of God? Answer, no. All God is after is us. Willing vessels that put up our hand. You know, when the, they do a recruitment drive, you know, they, they go out and they look for young men and I guess young women now that, that will take up the challenge, that will say, yes, I'm prepared to do that. I'm going to ask everyone to stand up this morning. I'm just going to pray. And I just want you to open up your heart before God. Now, if you don't want to do this, don't. We're not playing games here today. This, I really do feel like I'm a bit of a recruitment officer. God's looking for people that will say, yes, Lord, here I am, I'm available. And God wants to not give you the power or the authority. Open your eyes so you see that you've already got it. And there's nothing that will stop you. Nothing, no force, no... <laughs> oh, demonic spirits are nothing, I'm telling you. I've seen some good ones over there. They are absolutely nothing compared with the power and the authority of God. So I just want everybody just to shut your eyes and just say to God, if you're prepared to be willing to be part of this army that God is raising up, if you care about the broken houses around you, if you care about people that are, you know, people that don't know Jesus, bottom line, they're going to hell. Sad. Beautiful, beautiful people sometimes. Lovely people. So I just want us just to consecrate your life back to him. And just say, Lord, here I am. I might be one of the simple and the base things of the world, but I'm available. Use me. Use me, Lord. And the enemy will say, you're too old or you're too young, you're too something else, forget it. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Lord, we just open up our hearts to you this morning. Lord, we realize in the natural we don't have much to offer you. But Lord, you never care about and you're never impressed with what man can offer. But what you are impressed is the heart that's open to you. Lord, we just open up our heart to you. Lord, we say we're willing, we're able. Lord, we want to be used of you. 
Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that you will open up every eye to see, Lord, that no demonic spirit can ever, ever stand against the work of God in this day. Lord, they are just bread to you. And Lord, we just get a hold of that power and that authority today. Lord, we embrace it as not only yours, but ours. And Lord, we, we get a hold of it and we say, Lord, we're going to move in that dimension that you want the church to move in. And Lord, we, we, we're not going to fear the enemy. We're not going to fear governments. We're not going to fear anybody. Lord, our heart is set on you, your plans, your purposes. And Lord, we just thank you. We thank you today. We thank you today. I just wonder today if there's anyone in this house that maybe you've known about God, maybe you've known that um, God has been with you even all your life, but you've never really asked him into your life. Just ask you if maybe your heart's beating. I know when God starts talking to me, my heart starts going, kathird, kathird, kathird. If there's anyone here today, I just want to give you an opportunity just to slip your hand up. I won't embarrass you. I won't bring you out. If, if you know you're not quite where you need to be with God, just ask you to put your hand up. I often do this because I don't want anyone to escape without the opportunity. Thank you. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you today. We thank you that you died upon the cross for us. Lord, we didn't earn it. We didn't deserve it. But Lord, you did it because of the great love you have for humanity. And Lord, we just receive that... <laughs> that gift of the blood of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we know that we've sinned and fall short of your glory, but Lord, we just receive your forgiveness right now. And we thank you that we are part of that great company of, uh, that you said, Lord, would gather around the throne room of God. And we thank you for it. We thank you for your forgiveness of our sin. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. May be seated. Thanks, Marian. How many of you know that every army needs some sergeants? Just to make sure their boots are clean, their equipment's working. That would be lovely. Thank you. Appreciate that. But I think we're just coming to a time around communion and everybody's welcome um, to take communion. You know, Jesus spoke to the church, uh, not to the world, but to the church in the book of Revelations and he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come in and sup with him. And I believe there's a great calling going out today to his church. That does specifically maybe talk about a specific time. It's going to be a great supper. But it's also something that 
God's Spirit is doing all the time, inviting people, inviting his church, knocking on the door. Bit of a sad thing when God's got to knock on the door of churches so that they open the door and let them in, let him in, isn't it? But that's what what this expression um, means maybe in, in relation to the communion, that God is warning us to open the door and let him in. He's not going to actually force himself upon you to have communion. And, and in the Last Supper, when he, sp- when he had the Last Supper with his disciples, it was the same thing. It was a friend thing. They all came and they all ate and participated as friends uh, with Jesus. They weren't forced. So you're very welcome to take communion um, today. And I would just like to read out of Luke um, uh, in relation to communion. And it is the time when they had the Passover feast, which was the one where Jesus celebrated the Last Supper with his disciples. Uh, Just to to bring things into a little bit of context uh, here in um, Luke 21. And they were sitting around a table uh, and he said, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. I, I really find this, um, and as I was, I was reading it, I, I really find this a hard concept because Jesus knew that he was going to suffer. He says, I, I really eagerly want to do this with you. Um, and yet he knew what the result of doing it with them would be. That's, that's, that's a really big thing. Um, and then it says that um, he took the bread and gave thanks and he took the cup and gave thanks as well. But he took the bread and gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them and he said, this is my body, it's given for you. Uh, do this in remembrance of me. And then he, the same, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup and saying, this is the cup of the new covenant in my blood which is poured out for you. I it's a really hard concept to understand that somebody knowingly would would do this, make this kind of uh, meal available, and actually do it in a in a physical way, saying, "Look, this is my body, breaking the bread," and actually giving it to his friends, knowing what the consequence of him doing that was, and the cup, and actually handing it one by one. This is my blood, which is shed for you. Gosh, that just, it's just, I, I can't comprehend that. That is the epitome of surrender to God's will by Jesus. That's the epitome of surrender, knowing that's going to cost him his life. And yet he still did it. Now, we may have very vague understandings of that through our life somewhere. Maybe we love somebody so much that we actually sacrifice what was best for us, for them. We said, well, you have that or... No, we maybe told them something or directed them in a direction knowing that we would not come out too well out of it. We might have a little notion of it, but for Jesus at that time, man, that's surrender to God's will. That is love. That is, how do you, how do you I don't know how we humanly comprehend it. Such a wonderful thing that Jesus was fully aware and fully submitted to do for us because he knew that his body would be broken on the cross, his blood would be shed that we might have life and life everlasting and that no one else possibly could fulfil the sacrifice that God needed to for us for the forgiveness of sins. No one. What, 
What an amazing thing. So would you like to stand this morning? Let's just let the significance of this moment. Um, you know, every time we take communion, we remind the devil that he's defeated. <laughs> What's well, like rubbing somebody's... No, isn't it? Every time we take it, that, ma- that makes me feel like I want to take it every day. <laughs> every time we take it, we remind the devil he's defeated. We have won. And all of the benefits that, that come because of Jesus and his sacrifice on the cross are ours. This is it. We've got it. So, Father, we thank you for your body that was broken for us. We thank you for your willingness, Lord, for your understanding, for your self-sacrifice. Lord, we, we don't know how you did it, only that you were God. And we thank you so much that it was broke, your body was broken for us for forgiveness of sins, Lord, and that we have a healing available to us. So we thank you, Lord. And for those that need a healing today, just just press in and receive it in Jesus' name. Let's just eat. And Father, for your blood that was shed for us willingly because you loved us so much. We are so grateful, Lord, that your blood provided forgiveness of sin. And we thank you that our sins are forgiven and forgotten and that our cleansing goes on and on and on. We're so grateful, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just drink in Jesus' name. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. You may be seated. Amazing, what a great morning together. Just some announcements for the week, so we all know where we're up to and what's going on. Um, Parents of little people, we've got a play group. It's meeting at church at 9.30 tomorrow morning. So between 9.30 and 11.30 um, tomorrow morning, uh, make sure you come along if you've got a little person. Tuesday is our women's night at 7.30 to 9 o'clock at Coral's house. It's not at Coral's house. It's men's night on Thursday night at Lyndon's house. (laughs) So men's night, Thursday night, Lyndon's house. Wednesday night, 7.30, prayer meeting is here. Our Wednesday night prayer meeting's been amazing uh, of late. I know it's a sacrifice to get out in the cold, sometimes wet, dark weather. But, yeah, last week it was about 37 degrees in here. There's a, there's a running theme. You know, wear shorts and a T-shirt and you'll be right. Um, but seriously, it's a, we only get to sacrifice on earth, don't we? 
Like when we get to heaven, there's no more sacrifice. He's already done all of it. So really, like two hours of wet, cold, 37 degrees, it's not that bad, is it? So Wednesday night, come and join me at the prayer meeting. Thursday mornings, 9 o'clock in the William Room, which is the, the room behind where the Brewster's desk is, um, is a prayer meeting that is for our school. So we're praying for the school. So it's our church community plus some parents from the school um, and we're specifically praying into the needs of our school. So that's uh, 9 o'clock, between 9 and 10 on Thursday morning. So if you're free... Um, we would love you to come, just enter through the front church door. I've also got Thursday nights, men's nights here. <laughs> this is, we're exceeding our expectations this morning. Um, just a note on serving. We, um, and Sammy's going, what notes have I sent? That's not on there. I'm just adding one. Um, We have had amazing response to people. We put out a call three or four weeks ago about food handling certificates um, and we've had an amazing response of people who are prepared to get their food handling certificates at trainings that are coming up. So the dates are the 12th of August and then the 1st of September. Not everyone will need to do the second one, which is the 1st of September. So it's about four hours um, from memory. It's a Thursday, but don't quote me. Um... That's just going to allow us to be able to serve the church community but also our school community um, by doing whatever they need done. So if it's the sausage sizzle for the school swimming carnival, then we've got people who know what they're doing. We can all be safe. We've ticked all the right boxes. So can I just say thanks to those who've already come up and seen us and said, yeah, we're prepared to do that. If you haven't made that list and you're thinking, actually, that would be a really good way to be able to serve, then come and see me. Um, we also, I also had a couple of people um, who said, hey, I've already got that, and they've been laying low. <laughs> so if you're in the room and you've got something that you go, oh, that might be helpful, um, we'd love to hear from you. And we're not, you don't need to use it every week. There just might be the odd occasion we need you. Um, the other thing is a first aid course. There will be a first aid course in the first week in August, um, for those who serve in church ministries um, that that need it or those who want to join us to see you've got some knowledge, um, there'll be more info in terms of a date. We're just waiting on a date for the space um, and that will be the first week in August. So again, come and see me if you're interested in that. Is that okay? Amazing. Well, bless you this week. Have a great week. We will see you if not before Wednesday, Wednesday night for the prayer meeting. And um, coffee's open. Make sure you grab a hot drink on the way out.